0: This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. The Lord Himself is peace, He is the Prince of Peace. Um, Is there anybody really? I think this song is a message for someone in particular. right here or maybe online you just want us to pray there's an issue that is weighing heavily upon your heart you know while sister moya was also leading prayer she said something about the lord bringing clarity onto someone so if there's anyone here there's an issue that's just weighing heavily on you you're about to make a decision you're trusting god for direction Uh, let's let's pray rise up please stand up lord we bring your peace into their situation You are the Prince of Peace. You give peace that is beyond understanding. We ask that your peace will be revealed in their situation in the name of Jesus. You are the God of mercy, Lord, over the last two weeks. You've taught us strongly about mercy. This morning, we pray for your children. Let them enjoy your mercy in that circumstance and let your peace reign in the name of Jesus We say unto them as the righteous of the Lord, it is well with you. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, concerning those matters, we receive their testimonies. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. You know, um, let me challenge our... Okay. Yes, it's a challenge. And at the same time, thank God that... um, bro jude is supposed to be a guitarist right even though i've seen bro yemi attempt on the guitar too this kind of song you know it's supposed to have an acoustic feel to it the last time i was with you guys i was talking about something on flowing river you know you take it soft take it cool let it just flow and penetrate over you that's why i said let's do it acoustically and um let's appreciate them thank you for that ministry and um nice to see bro yemi doing something different but um more grace for a little more finesse on the symbols you know it's difficult if you're trying to do something to someone who used to do it very well before you know part of the problem they have with me both media and me choir is like these are things i've done and um i'm trying to hear something sometimes i don't hear like "Mm -mm, you can do better there's a symbol right you know we'll get there anyway let's come back to the message amen It is well with us in Jesus' name. Thank you. We'll walk in the peace of God and we'll enjoy more and more of his mercy in Jesus' name. I want to encourage us, go back over that message of the last two weeks and pray with it so that God's mercy will find you. Amen? Amen. How many of us have taken time to listen? You've listened more than twice to those messages. Let me see your hands. More than twice. Hmm. Only one person is really asking God for mercy. It is well with us. Please, um, the Bible tells us clearly. We've said it over and over again. Faith comes by hearing. It's when you hear over and over. Now, you don't have to play the video. Thank God that on Spotify you can be playing it while your screen is off. So your battery is conserved. And data also is minimized. And it's free. Please, let's cultivate a deliberate habit of listening over and over to messages. Thank God for the media team. Let's appreciate the media team also. Sometimes, you know, it's only their mistakes we tend to see, right? When things are not going well, like, hey, media, what's going on? Or we're asking for several scriptures, like, should I read, you know? But they do the work of posting these messages at least Sunday evenings for most parts these days. By Sunday, even if it is not before you sleep, by the time you are waking up, you are seeing it. Those of us that stay awake at night, by 1 a.m., we are seeing them posting the links. So that Monday morning, if they can get it up Sunday evening, it's good. You go over it again, go over your notes. Monday, at least, the impact of the service should still be fresh in your mind. You relieve those moments. Go over so that you can get the fullness of what God wants to say to us. We won't be doing ourselves any good if... Such kind of messages come and we don't uh, incubate it. You know what it means to incubate? To brood. When a chicken wants to hatch, what does it do? It has laid the egg. The message is like the egg that has been laid. The word has been declared unto you. At that moment, some measure of light, understanding will come. But when you sit over it like a chicken and start brooding, you meditate We've talked about meditation. Maybe we'll come there. That's when the fullness of what God has packaged can begin to come to you. So you brood. You listen. You think about it. You write. So that we can get you know, the best of it. Please, let's not take God's mercy for granted. Honestly, listen to that message. Then maybe you begin to get an understanding of what God's mercy can do. You know, I know a church. One of their major programs in the year is called Mercy Conference. I didn't appreciate why they called it that until I listened again to this message. I'm like, wow. It is worth having a conference or a program over a year is That Lord, show us mercy. And then several testimonies can follow. Please do that. God will help us in Jesus' name. Um, of course, let's be sensitive to how God is moving among, amongst us. Um, the word here it says, Let's be sensitive to seasons of divine, of the opening of divine portals to make our journey and our destiny easy and faster. God is visiting us and is opening, you know, pathways. You can call them portals. And these are supposed to help us step into the next level, into the next phase of our various lives. Amen. So let's be sensitive we're entering a season where the portals some divine portals are being opened let us be sensitive and discerning to make sure that we take full advantage of this season that is coming upon us amen and also i want to encourage us take time to worship god because uh, one of the messages we also received this morning is that uh, the cloud of god's glory was among us i don't know how many of us were sensitive to that and how we responded Sometimes when people say the cloud has come, okay, it might be, there could be seasons of breaking forth, you know, tongues, interpretation. Sometimes God could just decide to come quietly amongst you. Only those who recognize it will get the benefits of that. But let's open up to him in worship. He also said, you know, that there's the aroma of sacrifice. Those are things that come in worship. So as we worship God, we experience more and more of Him. Let's be sensitive to what He wants to do. Amen? Amen? I hope I've, I've not made you sad by making you feel bad that you didn't listen to the message. All you need to do is make sure you listen and make a decision to listen more. Amen? This morning, I want to continue on the series we started some weeks back we said two sides to faithfulness amen we remember that we said there are two sides to faithfulness right there is the the first side is the quick recap the first side of faithfulness is god's side only a few people are with me and the second side is the human side please let's go back to that message the second side is the human side on god's side we said god is faithful by nature god is faithful to his nature mercy is one of his nature is a merciful god but don't take his mercy for granted you know he's faithful to his fatherhood is faithful to being loving is faithful to every attribute that makes him god amen he's faithful to his plans and purposes we stated all that we also said he's faithful to his word his plans and purposes will always agree with his word his word agrees with his plans and purposes You cannot want to do something outside of God's will and be banking on the faithfulness of God. Well, you go Wundo. Is that not what they say? He's faithful to his plans, his purposes. He's faithful to his word. And he's faithful to his people. His people who line up with his word, with his plans. That's on God's side. On our own side, we said several things. And we listed some areas where God expects us to be faithful. First, we said... We must be faithful in our walk with God, right? That's the first area of faithfulness that is expected of human beings. In our walk with God, then we went on, we must be faithful to our walk for God. There's a walk with God, then there is a walk for God. We'll we'll touch more on some of those things. Walk for God, we must be faithful to our vision, our calling. We must be faithful to destiny relationships, Key relationship that God has put in our lives. We'll look, we'll, we'll, we'll take time to dig deeper into that. God helping. We'll come back to teach on destiny relationships. We must be faithful to those relationships. We must be faithful in service. We studied that we must be faithful in service. We must be faithful in giving. And then we'll be faithful with our words. Those are areas of faithfulness that is expected of human beings. Today, I want us to just look deeper into that walk with God. Faithfulness in our walk with God. That's why the message is titled, The Enoch Precedence. Those of us that saw the um, flyer, right? What did I title it? The Enoch Precedence. What is a precedence or precedent? enough precedent. You know, those, if you hear a lawyer, they will say hey, they are is something. In case, like this week now, judgment was passed, the, 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 the judges based their decision on certain things, they will look at what has happened in the past to say, in the case of so-so and so-and-so, this is how they judged, and based on that, they made their decision. So, a precedent is like an example. Maybe the first... In the series of that occurrences so it always creates like a pointer or it creates a guide for those coming behind so that they can follow in the same footsteps so if we're talking about faithfulness in our walk with god or when you consider walking with god who comes to mind readily if you have read the bible who was the person the bible first talked mentioned about walking with god who enoch enoch He walked with God until he walked away, right? (laughs) You can put it that way. He walked with God. so Let's read the Bible. So, Enoch, President, walking with God. This is, we are zeroing in on faithfulness in our walk with God. So, um, let's read Genesis 5 from verse 21 to 24. Genesis 5, 21 to 24. Faithfulness in our walk with God. Enoch precedents walking with God. Genesis 5 from verse 21, are you with me? You know, I asked, anyway, let me not make comments about media. We just clapped for you. (laughs) Genesis 5 from verse 21. Is that this verse 20? Okay. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch did what? Are you reading with me? After he begot Methuselah, Enoch did what? Just a few people are saying it. Enoch did walk. He walked with God for how long? Ask your neighbor. How old are you? <laughs> Are we likely to see somebody live up to 300 years in this our age and time? If you have somebody that is even over 150, you know, even people around will be like, eh, let's check out this man, let's check this woman. They won't think it is God keeping in the room, start thinking all sorts. Especially if, you know, generations succeeding. Somebody that is 150 years, for example, his son or his daughter. Should be about how old? In those days, you know, they, they, they used to give birth early. The son would have been like one, 130. Is the person likely to be alive? No. If the child is 130, let's even say 120. Let's be conservative. He gave birth at 30. The daughter of the 120-year-old will be how old? Let's give 30-year gap, The conservative. 90. So that's the granddaughter of the person that is, or grandchild of the person that is 150 now the child and the grandchild are they likely to be alive no now if that one has died and the person that is 150, they'll say she's the one using them <laughs> you know but maybe we don't have that longevity very common these days but enoch walked with god for what 300 years after he begot methuselah after he gave birth to methuselah he walked with god 300 years. And then he had sons and daughters. The next verse. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. Like I said, he walked so until he walked away. 300 years. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Let's go to Hebrews 11. And by the way, you know, when we considered. Gleaning from Hebrews 11, when we talked about faith, uh, the, the, the second half of last year, I think Pastor Fumi did two sessions on Enoch by faith. So you can go back to that message as well. It's there online, it's accessible. It will further strengthen, you know, I won't talk about some of the things she spoke about, we we'll look at other areas. The emphasis that season was on faith, how his faith enabled him to walk. Actually, faith is one of the ingredients. It's one of the pillars of walking with God. If you don't have faith, you cannot walk with God. We'll look at other things as well. Hebrews 11:5, by faith, Enoch was taken away, that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. You know, were there witnesses? How did people know? Who wrote Genesis, for example? Who wrote it? Moses. Now, we know that Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, there was no human being there. How did he capture that? It must be by revelation. It must be by revelation. Right? Then the rest of the story from Adam, things that happened since Adam came. How do you think he got those ones? Maybe by revelation. Some, but... You see, God does not reinvent things. The first time he wrote on tablet of stone, he carved it. When Moses broke the second one, what did he tell Moses to do? Say, go and you go and carve stone. God doesn't waste resources. So it's very, very likely that events that happened, like the fall of Adam and Eve, how Adam named the animals, how God was. Who do you think how do you think he learned that? It must have been by oral tradition because many things were passed on like this is what happened though before the advent of writing there'll be an element of revelation quite all right but also a lot of communication so in this instance Enoch walked with god and it was not but god took him i asked myself how did he know or how did they know that god took him or how did they know that he walked with god in the first instance how because see first thing one of the things we we'll come to see when we are you know summarizing walking with god is visible to both believers and unbelievers if you are walking with god we will know i told some people this recently that if you are spiritual we will know it's just a question of time if you are not spiritual we will know so if you are working with god it's not something that will be hidden it will be obvious your character will show it with time. You may not start out perfect, but as you progress with God, there's supposed to be growth and development. There's supposed to be change. Our name means what? Name of our church. Change, metamorphosis, transformation. It's just like a child. Uh, the youngest child, the youngest here now, Darasimir and Joshua right if they are eating okay joshua cannot even hold spoon yet he will get there but maybe darasimi will start fighting to hold spoon by himself right what do you expect from darasimi when he's eating half of the food if half of the food is on the table and half is all over his mouth or maybe a quarter is all over his mouth and only one quarter enter the stomach we say the boy has tried, isn't it? <laughs> yeah? 25%. If 25% of the food gets into his stomach, into his mouth, and 25% is all over his body, and half of it, 50%, is all over the floor and the table, we say he has tried, we'll clap for him, that he has done well for his age. But if somebody like my emisi, because he sees Darasimi, and nobody is complaining, and he decides... To so put 50% of his food on the table. Even though he's a child. What do you expect that will do to him? Who we'll spank him well? Well, not... Sp- because <laughs> one of the things we've been telling him at home now. You're, you're, not, you're a big boy. Oh. You're going to be five years very soon. You're no more a baby. So, because you expect growth to have taken place. Under normal circumstances, for a normal child that is four years, five years, you don't expect him to be spilling food. Even if it drops a little, it should be ten percent or less. Ten percent or less. But now imagine somebody like who now, Auntie Ruth or Auntie Goodness, or Auntie Juliet, who have become women or Uncle Francis, they are eating. And you are now saying, "Bro, what is wrong with you? What is all this? That's what you say. <laughs> you know, let me report myself. <laughs> let me not report myself. My wife said something this morning. I said, that's why you are my wife. She said, no, I am not your wife to be picking up. <laughs> what was it? It was one shoe or something. I said, oh, okay. She just found one socks in one corner. I like, I'm like, <laughs> sorry now. She said, no, keep everything together. i like, you know abby it's not supposed to be right <laughs> amen but what, what's the point i'm making here if somebody is growing you expect certain things to drop over time so enoch worked with god this is not just by revelation it was obvious to people around that enoch was working with god please uh, let me let the timer be on so that i know how we're doing he walked with God, and it was not for God took him. I said, how did they know? Who were the other people that were taken like that? Elijah. Was there a witness to Elijah's taking? There was. Who else was taken like that? Our Lord Jesus Christ. And in the case of the Lord Jesus Christ, there were many witnesses. He ascended, and they said a cloud received him. So it's very very likely to that for Enoch. There must have been witnesses probably you know one of the things we'll see walking with God discipline as we look at different traditions of the scripture and then we compare scripture with scripture there is order if you are going to say you walk with God there will be order to your life people will know when you pray they will know when you study they know that at this time at this time is likely to be here in fact not likely he will be here because they know that that is who you are. So it's possible that where he was doing his devotion, walking with God, like I said, they walked until they walked. Probably some people saw him and then suddenly they saw the cloud. They saw, like in the case of Elijah, they saw the chariot, created the demarcation. You know it's not the chariot that carried him. If you read it in Second Kings 2, it's not the chariot. It's the whirlwind. But the chariot came, you know, if they saw that it was going up, Ah, my master, my master. They will have grabbed him, right? <laughs> but when he saw chariots of fire to say, hey, separation, you cannot come. They dare not cross. And then he was taken up. So for Enoch too, they must have been witnesses. We don't know how, but let your imagination run with the scriptures. Let me just say that. Just try to imagine it. Maybe the next... Uh, episode of super book you will be the one to write the script and send to them amen but it was not found because god took him now going back to the scripture he said because god had taken him for before he was taken he had this testimony that he did what are we reading together before he was taken he had this testimony that he pleased god Walking with God, pleasing God. Really, that's a summary of walking with God, being pleasing to God at every time. Now, let's go back to Genesis five. You know, we need to note that Enoch worked with God, but he was not the only one then that had that potential, or why or let me say, why didn't they write it about other people? was it the only one that knew God go to uh, verse 26 of Genesis 4 Genesis 4:26 4, the background the circumstances surrounding Enoch now you know that from Adam there were two lineages right the lineage of Cain and then the lineage of Seth now Cain in fact in the lineage of Cain, there is somebody there named Enoch too. In fact, I think the son of Cain is named Enoch. Huh? The son of Cain. Cain builds... Yeah, let's, let, let's see that. I, I, just, I want to point out... But first, let's look at this Genesis 4.26. As for Seth, to him also was born a son. Seth is the one that Adam had after uh, Abel was killed. He said, and he named him Enoch. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, it is interesting to know that this name, Enosh, the son of Seth, also means man. Adam means man. But the implication is that the meanings are not the same. Man, humanity. But here is speaking of frail, weak men. As at this point, now, and this was 130 years after... Cain, I think Cain killed Abel or after Abel died or something. So, as if I don't know whether Adam didn't have a child or maybe he had other children before Seth. He said, now the Lord has appointed another. And in that time, I think it is instructed to know that Adam must have come to repentance. You know, sacrifice. Let me not go that route. God had covered them with animal skin, shed blood. He taught them the principle of sacrifice. Adam and uh, Cain and Abel. This one brought animal sacrifice. This one. Now, when Adam and when Cain killed Abel, you read in chapter... Is it chapter 4 now? Earlier on he said, he walked away from the presence of God. Let's go back to the beginning of that. He walked away from the presence of God and then built a city and called the name of the city Enoch after the name of his son. Enoch means dedicated. Dedicated. In this Enoch... That followed God, we can safely say his life was dedicated to God, but the person that first named his son, Enoch, was Cain. And if the name of the son means "dedicated," the question you should ask yourself is, what was he dedicated to? Because yeah, that's Genesis 417. Cain knew his wife. She conceived and bare his son, Enoch. And this was after he had left the presence of God. So, and violence. Later on in the genealogy of Cain, the person that eventually killed Cain was one of his own descendants. And then that's why you will read, going on, in the time of Noah, God said, violence has filled the earth. Violence, because that genealogy is like they just became worse and worse and worse. But from Seth, Enosh, men had begun to call upon the name of the Lord. So, what does the Bible say? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, by now, from what they've learned from Adam, this is God, though, he's the one that can save us. And what made this time significant For Enoch was that they had come to recognize that, see, without God, we are nothing. So that set the background for Enoch when he was given by, to say, this one dedicated. Or maybe it was because of who he was, how he lived his life, that his name was written as Enoch, that this one is dedicated. That's why we say names are important, right? Names sometimes are like prophecy of what you would do. Jabesh changed his own name. I cannot be bearing sorrow. So, Enoch, he was not the only one calling upon God. But what set him apart is that he walked with God. So, somebody can be a Christian quite alright. People can be calling upon God but may not be walking with God. So, it's not the same. I want you to know that you can be a child of God, you can be born again, you can be saved, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But, the testimony of heaven may not be that this guy is walking with God. Amen. That's why we need to pay attention to it. What does it really mean to walk with God? So he was not the only one. And then also, Enoch was, I mean, go back to verse 22, verse, chapter 5, verse 22. He said, he begat sons and daughters as he was walking with God. Chapter 5. Chapter five, please. Genesis five. He had uh, first he begot Methuselah, and then for three hundred years he walked with God, and he had other sons and daughters. Genesis five twenty-two. So some people think that responsibilities are barriers to walking with God. Yes, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God three hundred years and had sons and daughters. So, in other words, he was carrying on the legitimate duties and responsibilities of his life. If he was a farmer, he was doing his farming and working with God. Amen? Now, he had sons and daughters. We don't know. In those days, I know it's not one, it's not two. They, God told them, multiply. In that day and time, they were really multiplying. Amen? so jacob had 12 this one probably had more but that did not stop him from working with god so that you won't think that your job oh you are busy if it is god that gave you that job within the context of that job and all your responsibilities and duties you can work with god you say oh you don't have time to fellowship with god because of children it is not an excuse you don't have seven children in fact. Uh, the mother of the Wesleys, how many did she have? We've looked at her story. She had them plenty. But she worked with God and she established, she helped establish them all in relationship with God. And we had the founder of the Methodist Church and greatest hymn writers, Charles Wesley, John Wesley. So your work, your business, your family. Is not an excuse for not walking with God. We just need to state that, so that some people will not say, "I I need to go, you know, uh, alone with God." It's good to go alone with God, (laughs) but you cannot abandon your family or family duties because you want to get close to God. Amen. The Bible tells us, First Timothy five eight. It says, "He who does not provide for his house is worse than an infidel." In other words, if you are not responsible in the areas of responsibility that god has put uh in your care if you are not responsible living up to responsibility that god has put you uh put in your hands you are denying the faith. amen this is true for men this is true for women it's true for young people too don't say it's because you want to pray that you'll not do work that is expected of you you know lazy people may use that as an excuse even monks and uh, nuns right who live in monasteries? Is that what they call that place? In convents, they may spend more time praying, but you will see an element of community service. They go into the community to teach, to work, to do so. They have work that they do. It's just that they've, in in a way, separated themselves. So isolation is not necessary to work with God. That's the point I'm making. What God has called us onto is separation, not isolation. Isolation is that you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to do anything. That can mask bad character even. It must, it's a mask for laziness. It's a mask for different things. But he has called us onto separation. In other words, you can interact with the world. He has said you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Amen? So, those things are not excuses for not working with God. We have not come to look at what working with God actually means. But I just want to say this for us about Enoch. So that we, we, it will help up adjust ourselves. So, responsibility, separation. Amen? Enoch worked with God. Are there other people in the scriptures that worked with God... Or that God gave testimony. You know, Hebrews 11 said he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Are there other people like that in scripture? That pleased God. That God said something about them. I want us to quickly examine that. Then we we'll just try in this for today. Or maybe if all we do is establish or define what it means to work with God. Next week, God helping us. We'll look at those pillars. Those elements that will help us establish, you know, a solid walk with God. Amen? So, let's look at some other Bible characters. The first person that we should consider should be what? If you said, pleasing God, who should come to your mind? Matthew 3, 17, after his baptism, the voice of the Father came from heaven, and he said what? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased Ask yourself this or let's think about it what has jesus done for god to say this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased as at that point when he was just coming out of the baptism after the river for his baptism had he done any miracles he has done plenty miracles he has healed the sick so what has he done to make the father say this is my beloved son he has not started ministry and he said this is my beloved son already in whom I am well pleased you know that should tell us something that our walk with God because the truth is Jesus did not his baptism and his temptation only ushered him into power into the realm of power so that he could do the work but if you're talking about walking with god he has been doing that from his childhood amen so that singular occurrence should further you know strengthen this understanding in us that our walk with god is far more important than our work for god our work, our relationship, our fellowship will come to look at those things. Our fellowship, our interaction, our communion, our knowledge of God, our experience with God is far more important than the work, than the service that we do. Service will flow from there. Jesus had not done any miracles yet the father was saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So what was it? That made God pleased with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to Luke. um, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. After he was found in the temple. Okay. After he was found in the temple. You know they went to Jerusalem. And uh, they were looking for him. what did he tell them he said don't you know look two from verse 49 they had gone three days you know the feasts there were three feasts three principal feasts where they were supposed to travel to jerusalem go back to wherever they're living it's like camp everybody descends on convention ground amen what did he tell them he said don't you know that i should be about my father's business is that not what he said why did you seek me did you not know that i must be about my father's business now if you read it in modern translation, say don't you know that i should be in my father's house he already knew god he knew who he was but what was he doing those first 30 years developing his knowledge of god because what did they find him doing he was asking questions i'm like and they were saying who is this boy now he had not yet been baptized in the holy spirit you need to understand it was after his baptism in water that the Holy Spirit descended upon him and gave him power. That's why he himself said, say, you shall receive power. And that power will enable you to be witnesses. Thank God that at the PCG we are looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, but he had the Spirit of God in him because he was born by the Spirit. The inner dwelling of the Spirit. But he was cultivating relationship with God. He was cultivating knowledge of God. So don't you know? Then next verse. You see him saying. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Next verse. Verse 50. Then he went with them and came to Nazareth. And was what? Subject to them. This is the son of God. He was subject to them. He submitted to them. His mother, his mother kept all these things in her heart. The last verse of that chapter, verse 52. He said, and Jesus did what? Increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. In other words, the first 30 years of his life, he spent it learning the wisdom of God, gaining the wisdom of God, working with God, building cultivating a heart because you'll come to see that working with god begins with the state of your heart gaining the favor of god so you will see element how do you know if you look look at Luke for 16 look for 16 quickly please this was after the baptism after he had come down from the mountain after all the temptation look for 16 he went into the synagogue Do we have it there? And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Okay, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as, what? What's the word there? As his, are we reading? As his custom was. Meaning that, that was what he had been doing regularly. So that day, people that know him, uh, Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary, the carpenter. Some were not at the Jordan when he was being baptized. Some did not even hear. Some said it was thunder. So they didn't know that a change had taken place. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, ah, oh, he's the one always reading. Give him, give him, let him read. Ah, Bros. J., like some people would say, ah, Bros. J., read, read for us as usual. He went into the synagogue and he stood up to read. Of course, he read it, and you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he closed it and said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. And then he began to reveal the depths of knowledge and wisdom and then demonstrate the power of God. They were like, ah, is this the same, you know? But what I'm pointing at here is that for the first 30 years of his life, he had developed a pattern and a mode of life. Walking with God as his custom. So reading knowledge of God is a component of working with God. I, I need to point that out. Now, Jesus did that as a man. He did not come to earth as God. He came as a man to show us how we should live. Things... He, he, he spent the, uh, those times cultivating a heart. study, And then, learned one very key important thing here. A heart of humility. Submitting himself to parents. He submitted himself to a parent... He submitted himself to the established order of his day. Even though the Pharisees and Sadducees have turned things upside down, corrected, corrupted the law of God. But for those first 30 years, he knew his time and season had not come. He just submitted himself. Those were the things that the father looked at and said, this is my son. In fact, 30 years, he has passed this test. Now, I, let me just say it. There are some tests that God himself will set you, will set up for you. Because God does not use untested vessels. It is when you pass those tests that you step into what some of the things he's prepared for you. Some other test and trial is the devil. But God himself has tests that he has lined up. So the earlier you recognize it and pass it, the better for you. Because that is what will bring approval and say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So walking with God is more important than just walking for God. But if you are walking with God, if you are walking with God, it will give you work to do. You value your relationship with your children. But as your children grow also, you begin to commit responsibilities into their hands. Nobody wants an irresponsible child. Amen. Quickly number let's look at ezekiel 14 13 we'll look at other characters people that god gave express testimony about their life now in the scriptures there are many people that walked with god you can say abraham walked with god because god came to him chapter 17 of genesis said abraham walk before me and be perfect and i will fulfill my promise to you you can look at david if we have time we look at david there are several people jacob all of them they walked god in their various ways but there are some other people that they were you know special mention of their names ezekiel 14 from verse 13 we'll be reading down quickly son of man when uh, a land sins against me by persistent of faithfulness i will stretch out my hand against it i will cut off this the next verse god said it will bring calamity that's a summary of it now he now said this even if these three men now this is years after they had died the one that may be closest to that time will have been Daniel because he also was in captivity. And Ezekiel wrote this thing in the period of captivity and in between when they were returning. Now, he said, This is God now talking prophetic word. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. Only themselves. This statement was repeated twice in this chapter. For the sake of time, we might not go there. But please read it down. You see God's telling, you know, speaking true. See, even if these people are there, it's only themselves that they will deliver. So what is special about these people? They also worked with God. First, let's look at Noah. Genesis 6, 5. Genesis 6 from verse 5. Noah is like the great grandchild of Enoch. Thank God for, you know, the heritage, you can, like we were discussing in the morning, the heritage of faith or inheritance of faith. Working with God, you can, it can, it can be part of your heritage, but you may not necessarily inherit it. You can have parents that walk with God. But it is not automatic. There will be benefits. When we are summarizing at the end, you will see that. I will mention that. Working with God has its benefits. People around you will benefit from it. But it does not necessarily mean that your work is transferred to them. It has its advantages. That your parents work with God or that you are working with God. Your children will benefit from it. But it is not a guarantee that they themselves will work with God if they don't understand the principles and make up their minds to follow. Amen. Um, did anybody reduce that time? No. Uh, I'm just wondering. Because it's as if we've not started. Amen. But we'll finish. Genesis 6. 5. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every intent of the earth was... You know, evil continually, verse 6. And Noah found, the Lord was sorry that he had made man, you know, we know this story. When God was going to bring the flood, next verse. The Lord said, I would destroy man. I'm sorry that I've made them, these people are just terrible. The generation of Cain, you know, they have been propagating since. Continue, Mm -hmm. verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The question is why? Verse 9. This is genealogy of Noah. Noah was, a, Noah was a just man. Noah was what perfect in his generations. In that time, Noah did what? Walked with God. He was just. He was perfect. He walked with God. Where did he learn it from? Enoch precedence. But there were people before him, probably calling on God. There were many. Genesis 4.26 said men were already calling on God. So sometimes prayerfulness or even knowledge of scripture is not the clear indication that people are walking with God or that people fear God. Amen? But eventually, over time, it will show. That was the story of Noah. Noah walked with God. Uh, Daniel, so we see elements there, justice, fairness, uprightness, no compromise. Let's look at Daniel 1, 7, and 8. Daniel in Babylon. They've been uprooted from uh, Israel. They are in Babylon, Babylon and idolatry and all manner of practices. And then they've selected them to serve in the king's palace. And while others are doing hard labor, because slaves, they were slaves, I'll show you, you know. They were doing hard labor, menial jobs. These ones were brought into the palace. He should have said, ah, thank God for his favor. Let's just, you know, when you are in Rome, behave like a Roman. Some Christians say that. Don't, you are not a Roman, no. He will have said, when in Babylon, behave like a Babylonian. Say, no, we are, our heritage is righteousness. Verse 8, they gave them all manner of names, uh, and they were giving them all manner of food. Now, food sacrificed to idols. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Some time ago, we were discussing, somebody said, The wine, when he said, Do not be drunk with wine, is it alcoholic wine? You say, no, Stay there. <laughs> you know? It's people who don't understand consecration that will ask some questions. Do not be drunk with wine, wearing insects. Say, hey, is it alcoholic wine? Is it not alcoholic wine? The Lord will help you. When you gain understanding, you won't even ask. He said, he decided that he would not defile himself with food. Consecration. Consecration. God did not say, don't do it. After all, the, all of, and he was not the only Jew there. That's why walking with God is beyond the average level of uh, Christianity that you see around you. People who walk with God go beyond the average you know, spiritual performance of their day, if I might put it that way. It's beyond the average. That's Daniel. And so much so that later on, when they were going to you know, create a conspiracy against him, said let's look at that part daniel 5 that one is very important to tell you how perfect daniel 6 verse 4 and 5 they're like jealousy oh this uh stranger this hebrew this jew has come into our land and is taking over all our positions let's bring him down daniel 6 daniel chapter 6 they looked for different things they said see this daniel this is the testimony of ungodly men that's why i said if you are walking with god Over time, it will be seen. So the governors, verse 5. Okay, verse 4, yes. So these governors and satraps sought to find charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge of fault because he was faithful. Remember, this is tied to our series on faithfulness, the human angle. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Verse 5. This man said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning what? The law of his God. What does that tell you? His commitment to God, his discipline in the things of God, his character. They said there's no sin, you know. If he was a, let's say if he was a gambler, for example, and they say, ah no, he goes to club, let's we lay him there, let's set him up, it will have been easy, right? They say no, ah, he does small in civil service, they call it chua People just do a manner of shady things. He is not stealing much, or they say, you know, he just steals. Certain patients may understand some things, some languages. You know you know some people are embezzling millions it's just two thousand three thousand that is still you know that's what some people think they say not this daniel oh okay maybe in his neighborhood is troublesome we know that soon he will shout that who threw this dustbin in front of my house should they throw dustbin in front of your house but if daniel was the kind of person that when the truth has been from he's going to come and shout and fight they will use that to say is causing public trouble, arresting. But they could not find any fault, except in the things of God. That's why God will say even if somebody like Daniel is there, because Daniel is walking with God, he walked with God. So this, we're saying all this to make us examine ourselves. Somebody will say, hey, me kill Jesus." Yes, actually, we were part of the people that killed him. We we're part of the reasons he died. Our lives must rise above the compromise of our day. That is what walking with God would do to a man. Job, Job one five, we'll just end there and we we'll summarize. Next week, God helping us will come to look at what the elements of what it means to walk with God. I will give us an assignment before we come next week the genesis 5 21 to 24 that we read about enoch read it in good news translation good news translation amplified nlt um the message you will begin to see elements of his work with god you see words like he walked in fellowship with god You'll see words like in the Amplified. He said, he walked in habitual fear. In habitual fellowship and in the fear of God. He walked steadily with God. you see fellowship. You'll see fear. you see steadiness. You know, he did it for 300 years. Amen? And that's why the Bible can say... In Hebrews eleven six, verse five was where he spoke about it In verse six, he says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that He is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him." Walking with God requires diligence. Walking with God is hard work. What did I say? Working with God is actually hard work. And you must make up your mind that you are going to do it. It is not something we do casually. It is a commitment that we must make and a commitment we must keep. Amen. Job. um, Chapter 1. From the beginning. Let's see verse 1. It said there was a man that feared God. A man that was blameless. You see it again. Blameless and upright. One who feared God. The fear of God. We'll look at it next week. God helping. These are the elements that constitute working with God. He said he feared God and shunned evil. In the Old Testament, Old King James, it will say eschewed evil. Right? Uh, Bishop... Abioye of Living Faith Church, one message I had one time. He said, Job eschewed evil. I don't know how many of us saw that video. He said, Evil came into his mouth by mistake. He chewed it and spat it out. <laughs> he eschewed, the thing came into him by He spat it out. You don't you shun evil. Anything that you know that is bad in God's eyes, no matter how difficult or challenging it is. You make up your mind that you will not do it. No compromise, an uncompromising lifestyle. Amen. That's why God could speak about these three men Noah, Daniel, Job, even when they lived in the midst of compromises, even when people around them were doing it. Amen. Walking with God. Walking with God is personal. As we summarize, working with God is on a personal level. One of the things I had my parents saying is, uh, you know, growing up, when they're telling you to go to church, I said, uh, my dad especially, see, my salvation cannot save you. <laughs> you better go and get your own salvation. Everybody to himself. That is the truth about working with God. You cannot transfer your work with God to your children. You cannot inherit the work with God of your parents. You can learn from them. There can be benefits. But it is personal. So you must decide that you want to do it. Amen? Like I said also, isolation is not necessarily a requirement. What God wants is separation. In your heart, first of all, from the things of the world. So don't wait until you are living in... Christ, uh, city of God, international city, where everybody is holy and believer. In fact, it has never worked historically. So isolation is not a requirement, but separation. Working with God is the basis for lasting godly character. That you know, Hebrews and um, Proverbs thirty-one thirty. It says, "Beauty is vain, charm is deceitful. A woman that fears the Lord is to be praised." The fear of God is part of the components of working with God. We'll look at that next week. And it is that work with God that guarantees that somebody's character will not change. As a matter of fact, part of the thing that provoked this message, our last uh, men's meeting, because somehow it turned into an encouragement for single brothers. Bro, Jude, you were not there. You missed that session. (laughs) And the question about the fear of God came in. And everybody wants a God-fearing man, everybody wants a God-fearing woman, but how many people actually understand what the fear of God is? And how do you know? Next week we'll answer that very well. But that somebody's character, somebody that is good, that seems nice and gentle, and he will remain nice and gentle, and you now say it, he's pretending, or he has changed. Working with God is the guarantee. That somebody's character will not change. In fact, it will improve. Amen? Working with God is noticeable. If you are working with God, like I said, it will become obvious over time. If you are not, it will also become obvious. Amen? Amen? Working with God, if you have a genuine walk with God, it's going to attract other people that are working with God to you. And that should be a cornerstone for our singles. You know, you are looking for a godly man, praying for a godly woman. Are you working with God? Even if people who are not working with God comes, there is something in, uh, let's see John 3.19. John 3.19, the Lord Jesus was speaking, said, the light has come into the world. Men have run away from the light. Because the light exposes So that's why sometimes if somebody is isolating himself from the brethren. If God has not said go on 40 days fasting or something. But the person is just skipping away. You need to question that. "Mm, What is he or she trying to shield? John 3.19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. So if you are somebody that walks with God. And this light here, we've been taught severally. Illumination is part of it. Understanding is part of it. Your character is part of it. It will create a contrast between you and those who are not working with God. It will make it obvious to you. You will see trade. Love is not blind. If you're a child of God, (laughs) okay, maybe that's the the wrong kind of love. If you're a child of God, you're working with God, when ungodly people come around you, and you are truly walking with God, see, you are a child of light. You will see. So fear of, you know, when people get deceived, they say, oh, no, he met a brother in church, and suddenly the brother has turned into something else." How long did they know each other? And then is was the sister actually walking with God, or her mind has been swept away by all the things she's seen? It's true for brothers too. She was in the choir. She was this. Suddenly, she has turned. The question is, bro, what was the state of your heart before you jumped into this? You're looking at what you're seeing or something else. Your hormones were not under control. I'm saying that to challenge us not to be afraid, but that we should decide to truly work with God. It makes everything come under the light. Amen. Amen. Working with God has its benefits. Working with God is not impossible. But we must decide. Like I said, next week we'll look at these components. Fellowship. I've given us an assignment already. Go and read Genesis 5:22, And I will ask next Sunday how many people did my assignment. Check in the Amplified. Check in the Good News. Check in the NLT. Check different translations. You begin to see the elements of working with God. Fellowship is one communion you will see consistency you will see the fear of the lord you will see knowledge of god those are things we look at god will strengthen us in jesus name let's bow our heads father we just ask for grace we ask for grace we ask for grace we ask for mercy we ask that you will strengthen us in our work with you and you make us steady and consistent your word says you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, let grace for diligence, for discipline, let it come upon us in Jesus' name. And we ask for a hunger. This is one vital component also of working with you. Enoch would not have worked with you for 300 years continuously if he was not truly desirous and hungry for God. We ask that you stir up hunger in us. You said, bless that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They are the ones that will be filled. Lord, create in us a hunger and a desire for you in the name of Jesus. And give us grace, O oh God, to walk diligently to seek you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray.